Welcome to the next episode of the Inside and Beyond podcast, and I'm your host, Natalia Fomichenko. Today, we are going to continue our conversation with Tom Campbell that we have started in the previous episode. Tom Campbell is a physicist and author of My Big Toe, which stands for Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything is a framework of physics that links together all aspects of the universe. So let's pick up where we left off. Does it mean that artificial intelligence being developed right now that is assumingly ready to make choices that are not programmed, but uh, developed mm-hmm. within the mind of, of artificial being, does mm-hmm. it mean that they have consciousness as well? Not necessarily, but maybe. The way we will get a conscious computer isn't that we will just somehow build consciousness because you can't build mm-hmm. consciousness. Consciousness mm-hmm. is non-physical. It's not a physical thing. So you can't take physical things and build non-physical things out of physical things. That's mm-hmm. just logically doesn't work. So what happens is that you can make an avatar that has a decision space. Mm-hmm. And if that decision space is something that would help consciousness evolve, then the larger consciousness system will log on to that and play that part, just like it does with us. Okay, mm-hmm. so here we evolved in, out, of, out of biology. We evolved. We ended up with a decision space to make choices. So a consciousness logs on and makes our choices. Mm-hmm. We have a computer. And if that computer has two things, and that's, remember, consciousness is is awareness with a choice. Mm-hmm. So if that computer has free will, choices that it can make, and that's not hard. You know, creating free will with a computer is an easy thing to do. That's, that's, we do that often. That just mm-hmm. means that the computer has choices that it can make. And we do that with things called neural nets. Mm-hmm. If you have a neural net, you can program it such that the computer learns through its experience. It decides what kind of choices it's going to make. So neural nets then have free will, particularly a very complex neural net that is so complex that it no longer has a direct line of because of this, then this, because of that, then that. You know, it, it kind of loses. It, you know, nobody knows why it makes the choices it does. It just makes those choices because that's what its internal things have come to decide to do. So that's free will. But what's more difficult is awareness. Mm. So it has to be able to be aware. So now when you have something that has an ability to make meaningful choices, and it can do that with a neural net that gives it free will, then it's a matter of whether the consciousness system thinks that's an avatar worth logging on to. Mm. You see, Interesting, yeah. You, you see, this is, a, this is a virtual reality. You're making a, your computer is part of this virtual reality. Your computer is just information, just mm-hmm. like your body is information mm-hmm. that's being computed in a virtual reality. So when the, when the computer says, oh, that, that silicon-based system there can make really interesting choices. I'll have a piece of consciousness log on and make those choices for it. Now you have a conscious computer, just like you have a conscious human being. A conscious human being is just a carbon and hydrogen based avatar that has a good, you know, has an interesting decision space. So a piece of consciousness logs on and makes its choices. Well, what's the difference between a hydrocarbon-based avatar and a silicon-based avatar? You know, they're basically, there's no difference as far as the system's concerned. Mm-hmm. If it makes interesting choices, then it'll probably pick something to log on to make those choices. Now, it will be conscious. And now, if you take that conscious computer, which is, has a piece of consciousness that's playing, making its choices, if you pull the plug or destroy it, well, what happens? Same as it does with us. Consciousness, you know, moves off back into consciousness. And it may, if there's more of those computers built later, it may re- reconnect. Mm. So that means that computer 
has a soul, if you want to call that consciousness a soul, mm -hmm. you know, that can't be destroyed because consciousness is not physical. You can't destroy it by blowing it up or whatever, just like you can destroy the, the avatar, but you don't destroy the consciousness. So, so that means that if we die, our consciousness is not destroyed. Right. We lose the avatar, the body, and then we log back to the big consciousness system mm -hmm. source and then and then what we okay. we re reincarnate we, yeah. we choose to do the same mm -hmm. thing as we did or we choose to participate in other realities mm -hmm. okay we'll what go happens? let's go around with that uh, we'll take the life death cycle and and kind mm -hmm. of explain it these individuated units of consciousness that's a iuoc individuated unit of consciousness that's like you and i okay now that that's a subset of the larger system now, that individuated unit of consciousness will take a piece of itself, partition it off. I call that a free will awareness unit. Mm -hmm. It's just a subset of the individuated unit of consciousness. And that free will awareness unit is what's really logged on to the avatar. So, there is big consciousness, we have, and there is individuated piece of consciousness, and then, and then there is a free, free will, will awareness for free will awareness unit. Okay. So they have these three different levels. Each is a subset of the other. Mm -hmm. Larger consciousness system is the main thing. That's the big thing. A mm -hmm. subset of that is the IUOC, and a subset of the IUOC is the free will awareness unit. Mm -hmm. Now that free will awareness unit logs on, mm -hmm. and that free will awareness unit takes with it just the quality of consciousness, that means how low an entropy that consciousness has become. I call that the mm. quality of consciousness. It takes the quality of consciousness of the IUOC with it. Mm -hmm. So as that consciousness evolves, okay, its, it's entropy lowers, its quality goes up. Mm -hmm. And when it dies, that doesn't go back to where it was. You know, otherwise, mm -hmm. there'd be no progress. You couldn't evolve. Yeah, yeah. Evolution has to be, you know, it has to keep affecting itself mm -hmm. so it takes that and that's all it takes it doesn't take memory it doesn't take history it just takes the quality of the individual unit of consciousness and that logs on so mm. as far as that free will awareness unit goes when it has its first experience say in utero of that new avatar that's its first experience so it believes that it is that avatar because mm -hmm. all of its experiences are the experiences of the avatar mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you see so see. so we believe that we are a human being we are that because all of our experiences even from before we're born and are that now why is that why doesn't it bring all of its memory say from well let's go through the cycle first and then we'll talk about mm -hmm. memory all right so then we have this free will awareness unit it plays the avatar, avatar mm -hmm. goes old, avatar dies. As the avatar dies, that partition between the free will awareness unit and the individual unit of consciousness starts to be taken down. Mm -hmm. They're no longer two separate things. There's not mm -hmm. a partition between them. They, they, reintegr they reintegrate. And the individual unit of consciousness has done this many times. So it's the accumulator of all the various lifetimes. So when we are there, when we lost the avatar and we connected back to the individuated mm -hmm. unit of consciousness, does it mean right. that now we recollect all the information or memory about all the past lifetimes? Well, well, here's sort of think of it this way: the free will, the free will awareness unit doesn't persist. You know, mm -hmm. you might think it dies, but it's, it's, it's a matter of the partition's just taken down. So now that mm -hmm. part of the, of the IUOC just is the IUOC again. So mm -hmm. nothing really dies or goes away. It's just that this subset no longer exists. So that subset mm -hmm. is Tom Campbell. Mm -hmm. Tom Campbell then dies. That subset disappears, but the consciousness continues. That mm -hmm. the IUOC continues now. So immediately the awareness starts to change. You wouldn't have an awareness that would go wham, you know, from one thing to another. That would be a jolt to the system. <laughs> so it, it takes, uh, you know, it slows down a little bit. So it's like this. When you die, the when you first die, 
you become aware that you still exist. Mm. Okay. Now, aware that you still exist, but you're not really sure what or how or where you're, you're, you know, you don't have any context anymore in mm-hmm. which to define your reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens then is there's a transition reality. It's another virtual reality that's, that's created just for this transition to take place in. So you are instant, you at the very beginning are aware of the past life. Oh, mm-hmm. I just died. Maybe it's an automobile accident and suddenly you died and you've got three infants in the car that were your babies and you're thinking, Oh, what about them? And what happened to them? And so you immediately have that, but it begins to fade just like dreams fade. Oh. When you're, when you're in a dream, you're also in a different virtual reality. The dream reality is a different virtual reality. So you, your life that you just lived begins to fade. At first, it's right up there in your face and you're aware of it all, but then not so much. And then a little longer, not so much. And just like your dreams, you know, when you wake up from a dream, particularly a particularly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, something that really w- was an outstanding dream, something that was a big deal dream, then immediately everything's perfectly clear, but even 10 or 20 seconds go by and it gets fuzzy and yeah. two or three minutes go by, it gets fuzzier. And by an hour or so, oh, you still maybe have the big, the major parts of it. And then it kind of dissipates and you think about That's it a week sad. later. That's so sad. Well, it's not <laughs> sad, actually. Let's look at the whole system now. So, okay, so that goes away. Now, you become more and more aware of yourself as part of the IUOC. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you're just, you are, oh, you really have been the IU, the individual unit of consciousness all along. So now you look at that lifetime. The reason that you're here is to evolve. That's your point of being here. That's why you logged on. So now you look at that and say, well, okay, in the last 10 lifetimes, I've had really trouble with anger management. I just get angry and it causes me to do all kinds of things. I need to work on that. Mm-hmm. So you think about it a little bit. If you like, you can have a light, you can go through a, uh, a, uh, you know, look through your, some of your past lives and see. So immediately. So you have access to this databases of your past lives. You have a, your transitional you have, reality. Yes. So that IUOC has all the information from mm-hmm. all the lives all the time. The free will awareness unit doesn't mm-hmm. because that would be just too confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, to have all of that information all the time would way be an overload. You know, here you would be, you know, with what, 10,000, uh, you know, wives and families and, you know, 50,000 children that were all meant, you know, so much to you. And, you know, it's just too much. You can't, you can't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides, you want a clean start. You don't want to be stuck in the same traps that you were stuck in before. Mm-hmm. So you want to let all that go and start over where your reactions are just you reacting according to your quality, mm-hmm. because that's, that's a better way to do it. So in the beginning, as soon as you die, you find yourself in a transition reality. That transition reality is really just a place to let you let go. So there's not much going on there. There's processes. You, you may be told to go stand in a line and process in or this or that, but it's just stuff to do mm-hmm. to give you a chance to let go of the previous thing and to mm-hmm. start to realize that now you are something else. And then eventually you'll say, well, you know, what, I need to do something, you know, I need to learn, I need to grow. And I need you may to go deal through with this anger. <laughs> yeah. You, so you may, you know, you may, let's say you're, you're in the, the beginning parts of this process or even the middle parts. And uh, somebody says, well, okay, now, you know, what do you want to do next? And you may say, well, I don't want to do anything next. And they'd say, that's okay. You always have free will. You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But you, you may say, well, yeah, okay, I'm going to have another lifetime, another go. But, well, I want to have something different because, you know, I, the only reason that I didn't do really well was because of such and such, you know. And you may then do a life review. And they may say, well, let's see about that. And you go back and you realize that, it wasn't your environment that created your problems. It was you that created your problems. Mm. And you have control. You have choices. You have the free will choice. You don't have to succumb to 
you know, the programming that's pushed on you. You can, mm. you can outgrow that. You can rise above it. So anyway, you get aware of that. Then, then you say, okay, I'm ready to go again. And the system can come up with something and says, well, how about this? And because you really don't know a whole lot about whether that's good or not, you generally say, well, okay. But you can always say no. No, listen, I was poor last time. I'm going to be rich this time because that was my problem. Well, you know, then that's the way you want to do it. So you can choose. Yeah, you have some choices involved. Now, in general, when you are in the beginning of this process of evolving the quality of your consciousness, you just jump in, jump out because you just need experience. Mm -hmm, You, mm -hmm. You need to be everything. You need to be rich and poor and male and female and different races and different situations. And because the more experience you have that's different, the faster you're going to grow. You know, mm-hmm. diversity is wonderful. You know, diversity is a wonderful thing because you'll grow more with diversity than you will with just doing the same old thing. Mm-hmm. So, of course. so that is, that's kind of the way it, it works. So you will do this in the beginning, hop in, hop out, hop in, hop out to get experience. Eventually, after you've had some experience, now you've got some rough edges. Oh, this is a problem, like anger management, you know, I need to deal with that. So you might want something special, or you may be convinced the only reason you had anger management problems was because you were poor. Mm-hmm. And in order to show you that that's not the truth, maybe the next time you'll be rich and you'll still have anger management problems because being poor wasn't the point. It was mm-hmm. you that had to grow up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it's like that. Then you have a little more control. The more you go through it, the more input you have to it and eventually if you've been through it many 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 times and you've grown up pretty well you may even have a life that's prescripted now you're going to come maybe into this reality with a mission mm-hmm. here's the th- here's the kind of things that you need to do this mm-hmm. is what you're going to be working on so interesting so it it just depends on where you are in the process but the way to look at this isn't that some people are more advanced than others. It's just we're all different. Mm-hmm. We all are wherever we happen to be learning at the level that we need to learn at. And we're all in that same boat. So it's not that there's, you know, higher and lower, better and worse is a wrong way to look at it. We're just mm-hmm. different. Yeah, we're in I different see. places growing up, doing the best we can with what we have for the most part. So yeah. that's, that's kind of the way that works. So that's the cycle. So then you're back mm-hmm. in the IUOC, mm-hmm. the IUOC. Now, the reason I ended up with this reincarnational concept, and I don't call it reincarnation because in my model, I try to avoid all connections yeah. with, with, you know, religion or with other ideas. So I just call it different experience packets. Mm-hmm. You get a different experience packet. The different experience packets are absolutely necessary. I didn't put them in there because I thought that was a neat idea or something I believed. They were logically necessary. And they're logically necessary because learning, evolving, is an iterative process. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, and you can't learn B before you've been to A and learned A. Yeah. You can't learn C until you've learned B. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, you have, you have to go through the stages. It's a linear kind of process. You got to learn basic things first, and then you learn more complex things afterwards. You can't learn calculus until you've been through algebra. Yep. You know, you can't learn algebra until you've been through arithmetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. So you changing who you are, changing, getting rid of your fear. This is what you're trying to do. Getting rid of your fear, become love. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to do. It changes who you are. You have to see the world differently. You have to become different. Not a simple thing. It's not an intellectual thing. It's not that you got to see it intellectually. That's, that will make you a better actor. You can act kind, but that's different than being kind. Very different. So you actually have to be kind. That's what makes you evolve the quality of your consciousness. Acting kind is more civilized and everybody around you appreciates it, but you're not evolving by acting. You Mm -hmm. have to be. So it's something that takes a lot of experience, a lot of different kinds of experience, mm-hmm. lots of diversity before you change who you are and actually begin to grow up and, okay. and become less self-centered. So the, 
the the multiple experience packets becomes a necessary part of the overall model. Without that, mm-hmm. you'd be stuck. You couldn't yep. you couldn't evolve. So yes, so then you have this this uh, experience packet after experience packet, and no, you don't always you know you don't hardly ever you know incarnate with the same people all the time. It's not like that mm-hmm. you know. And you said, oh, that's us. That's a shame. That's so sad. You know, you, my children that I love so much and my parents and my husband and, you know, I just leave all that behind. But if you didn't leave that behind and you kept just those people kept going around, you'd start limiting your experience base. Mm-hmm. You'd be doing the same things with the same people over and over again. That's an inferior, you know, process as far as mm-hmm. learning. You're much better off to get thrown into a new situation and you just interact according to the quality of that you've earned to mm-hmm. this point. That you makes know? sense. That raises two questions. First, um, what happens when we've learned everything? When, you know, there are people who are really selfless in a way and they really are mm. not, not acting uh, like that. And then the second question is, do we only learn from this reality, which is our Earth's physical mm-hmm. reality, or, okay. or are there some other? Okay, the very short answers to those, which the short answers aren't very interesting, but to give the short answer first, that's, that is, uh, you know, we learn from every reality that we're in. We can be in multiple realities. We're not stuck just in this reality. Okay, we get a data stream. But we can interact with consciousness. We're a piece of consciousness. So we can interact in other virtual realities that are available for us to interact in. One of those is called a night dream. At night we dream. That's another virtual reality. And as you make choices in any reality, those choices affect the quality of your consciousness. If you make good choices in your dreams at night, then you are evolving. If you make poor choices in your dreams at night, then you're de-evolving. Same, same with your daydreams. Same with your out of body. Same with all any reality that you might get into. They're all virtual realities. See, conscious is fundamental, and everything else is a virtual reality. Anything that you can experience has to be a virtual reality because experience requires context. Context requires rules. Mm-hmm. So anything that's basically a rule-based reality, that's a virtual reality. It's all information-based because it's all consciousness. So when you dream, it's another virtual reality. When you go out of body, it's a different virtual reality. Mm. When you uh, go to another reality system sort of like ours that seems physical, no, not like a dream or a daydream, but it actually is physical, then that's a different reality, different virtual reality. So there's other places, but any place you make a choice, Daydream, night dream, out of body, that choice is your choice and it helps mm-hmm. you evolve or de-evolve. So you learn everywhere. There's mm-hmm. nothing more real than information. So the information that defines this reality we call the physical universe and the information that defines your dream reality are equally real. They're just different. Mm-hmm. It's just a different data stream. It's like going going from World of Warcraft to Sims to, you know, something else. You know, these are all just different virtual realities that you can, that you can engage in, but they're all you making choices, evolving Mm -hmm. or de-evolving. That's so interesting because I, I always, um, like, I don't remember my dreams very often, but when I do, they normally based on some past, uh, events and Mm -hmm. I make choices that I didn't want to make. So I wake up and think, oh my God, it's like, I didn't make the choice that I wanted to, even in a dream, but at least I have this real reality (laughs) where I can act. And I had the perception that it's just, um, the, the combinations of thoughts, if, if you want, that are based on our past events, but not something that is a complete separate virtual reality. So that's, that's something yeah. new for well, me to learn. Yeah. Well, it's, it can be a lot of different things. You know, dreaming doesn't just have one, one format or, or, or one mode that it's in. I remember one, uh, one, uh, bef- one, what week before Christmas, this is probably a decade ago that I had this huge pile of Christmas letters to get out. And there was like, you know, a hundred of them. 
And mm-hmm. Pamela was stuffing envelopes and I was licking them and putting the stamps on. <laughs> and after sitting there for like three hours, licking envelopes and putting the stamps on, when I dreamed that night, what was I doing? I was licking <laughs> envelopes and putting stamps on them, you know? So that was a dream, but that wasn't a dream that caused me to evolve or de-evolve. And it, it was just the fact that I had done that so much for so long, mm-hmm. a tedious little task that I just kept on doing it, you know, when I was, you know, so dreaming can be different. You know, you can dream and, and, uh, a lot of people who have, when they have out of bodies, they think they're, you know, that they're dream. They occur at night and then they believe it's a dream. The mm-hmm. difference is that when you're out of body, you remember it. It's clear. It doesn't fade. And even five years later, you can look at it and remember every detail of it. That mm-hmm. was an out of body, not a dream. The dreams are a little different thing and the dreams fade pretty quickly when you had a dream. But yes, everything you've done in a dream is what you would really do. That's you on the inside. Because when you dream, your intellect doesn't go with you. When you dream, you take your being level. You know, it's just who you are inside. It's your core of you. And Mm -hmm. that's what's making the choices in the dream. So anything you do in a dream, that's who you really are. When you act here, you have this intellect that considers, oh, that wouldn't be polite. Oh, that wouldn't be a good idea. I shouldn't do that. That would be wrong. That's your Mm -hmm. intellect coming in. But Mm -hmm. who you really are is what you do in your dreams because that intellect doesn't, isn't in your dream unless you have a, you know, if your intellect's in your dream, then you call that a lucid dream. That's a Mm -hmm. different dream. That's a dream where your intellect is with you. Oh, yeah. But I see. most most dreams are not lucid. They're just dreams. And mm-hmm. when they're not lucid, they, they fade and they are absolutely who you are. The choices you make are just you. So if you do something terrible in your dream, well, then you're capable <laughs> of making that terrible choice. That's a choice. <laughs> okay. you would, that's a choice you would you would make. So that's part of what makes dreams such a valuable place to learn. You see, we. We learn all the time. We learn when we're here awake. We learn when we sleep and dream. We learn day and night. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's all the time. That's a wonderful place to learn because you don't have this intellect that is acting out an image of who you think you should be and mm-hmm. how you should be. See, that's the part that acts kind rather than is kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the actor. That's your image. Oh, I wouldn't do that here because, you know, that wouldn't be a good thing to do because I'm polite and I learned that from my culture. Well, that's one thing. But if you do it in your dreams, then you would do that because Mm -hmm. you don't have that. that. Yeah, you don't have that part. So the dreamer, the dream becomes an excellent place to learn and to grow. And it's partly when sometimes you get dreams, they're tests. You get tested by the system just to see where you are, what you're ready for next, mm-hmm. what kind of challenges you're ready for. So they'll give you a, a dream where you have to make choices. And by the choices you make, they know that's really you. They're not talking to your ego and they're not talking to your beliefs because they're all in that intellect. Mm-hmm. That intellect that, that uh, programs you to be polite, that's your fear and your ego run that intellect a lot. You know, they, they inform that intellect a whole lot. But when you're in your night dreams, you just are who you are. Okay. So So, um, I want to talk about out-of-body experiences because this is something that I've never experienced myself and maybe um, listeners also haven't done it. So I, I want to talk about this and I want to talk also about this in connection with dreamlike states because every i guess my understanding is that every state of altered consciousness be that our awakened consciousness or dream consciousness or out-of-body experience is characterized by certain brain waves and that's how at least from the outside in perspective we can determine which state we actually are and before we go into the connection of brain waves and out of body i wanted to understand what happens when we are in deep sleep which is delta waves when our consciousness is switched off where does it go what happens to it 
Well, it depends. You know, again, it depends on on uh, who you are, how many times you've been around the circle, how much you entropy you have gotten rid of, and so on. Different different people are act differently, but hmm. for the for most people, when they lose consciousness, okay, that's their intellect no longer has any any input. It doesn't necessarily mean that their consciousness is is gone. It just means their awareness of the consciousness is gone. Okay, so the consciousness may still be active, but it's no longer including the intellect in what it's doing. But consciousness is awareness with a choice. If I have no idea of my awareness, then which choices can I make? Uh, you may be making choices. In other words, your intellect isn't the only thing that makes choices. Mm. So you define your yourself as an intellect. And if your intellect is gone, well, maybe somebody's, you know, giving you gas and, and putting you out for a procedure that the operation, you know, and you're giving anesthesia. Well, now your intellect is no longer engaged. But you might have an out-of-body while you're in that while you are unconscious and that out of body, uh, you know, you may watch yourself being operated on. So you may be aware and you may be thinking and you still may be making choices, even though you're totally unaware mm. as far as your, your, your conscious, you know, your intellectual awareness is not participating, but okay. it doesn't necessarily mean that your consciousness is not doing anything. Mm. Okay. So it depends. If you are, if you're more evolved, then you tend to do a lot more during that time hmm. that you're out. If you're not so much, you just kind of rest. You, there's not a lot for you to do. Hmm. I it, see. Uh, it just depends on how much, how aware you are and what you do with mm -hmm. your consciousness okay. during, during that time. But the body requires some downtime. Your, I see. your body just can't keep going. It requires, you know, this physical electromechanical machine that we've got here requires for the trash to be taken out every once in a while. And it needs to, it needs to recuperate. And cool rebuild. down. <laughs> yeah, it, it just needs to take care of its biological business. And you need some sleep for that. And it's not, you know, it's not that you're, you're, you're off doing every time you lose consciousness, you go do this. It's, it's not like that at all. You may do nothing. Okay. May just, it may just be a blank period or you may do things. You may be aware and you may be interactive. So it kind of depends on the level of that awareness. That's why I say it kind of depends on where you are in the, in the evolution game. Because if you're more aware, then you're not as limited to just your intellectual viewpoint. You've got other viewpoints that you can, that you can work with. I see that that's clear. Okay, so let's let's then talk about the out of body experiences because this is something completely fascinating to me and I've never had one as I said and I've heard about your experience describing them and others and I always felt it something, you know, beyond real, beyond mystical, yeah. not not yeah. really real. And coming back to the point that we mentioned in the beginning that you have to have an open mind and be skeptical and you shouldn't believe anything unless it's your own subjective experience. Mm -hmm. So I understand that in order to experience this larger reality, to experience more capabilities of consciousness, that's what can help you, meaning out of body experience, right? But I guess it's it's not in our culture to to be common to experience it. So, what it is about how you experience it, and how maybe others can experience it too. Okay, an out of body experience is a really simple idea. Remember, here we are, piece of consciousness. We are getting a data stream from a piece of the larger consciousness system that's operating as a server for our reality. Mm -hmm. And we just let go of that data stream. Now, we let go of that data stream when we fall asleep. When you fall asleep, you let go of that data stream. You're no longer getting it. You're no longer interpreting that as reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you go out of body, 
You just set that data side, that data stream aside, and you get another data stream that defines a different reality. Not this reality. Just mm-hmm. like if you're playing World of Warcraft and you have another computer, so you have two computers on your desk and you leave that computer and you turn your head over to the other one and you mm-hmm. start playing The Sims. Wow. <laughs> you see? <laughs> I like, see. It's like that. So you, you leave one, you're getting a data stream that's called World of Warcraft and you're playing that game. And now you're over here, you're playing The Sims. That's a different game. It's just a different data stream. And how do you go from one to the other? Yeah, exactly. Well, you just turn your head from this one to that one and pay attention to that one instead of this one. How do you, you know? do that? So it is a matter of just shifting your intention to a different data stream. Now, there's another way of that we can say the same thing, and that is it's a single-player game. You know, we have multiplayer games, which is... The multiplayer games have lots of players in it besides, mm-hmm. besides, com- what do they call them? Uh, uh, the computer characters. There's an acronym for that anyway. So the, the computer has characters in the game, but besides mm-hmm. that, there's other players just like you that are yep. playing in the game. That's a multiplayer game. Yep. In a single player game, there may be lots of characters, but you are the only one that's a player. The rest of them, yep. the computer is playing those other characters. All right, so most out-of-bodies are single-player games. And Mm. all the characters that are in there are characters that the computer is providing. Now, occasionally, you can have out-of-bodies that are multiplayer games with a few players, but you generally don't have a lot of players. You just Mm -hmm. have some few players, but mostly they're single-player games. It's just a matter of shifting your intent away from this data stream to another data stream. And it is as simple as it's simpler than falling asleep can be done in tenths of a second without much effort. But we have a hard time with it. We human avatars have a real hard time with that because we want our intellect to lead. Okay. All the paranormal things take place in the intuitive space, mm-hmm. not in the intellectual space. Two different ways. Consciousness has two different pathways that it can process in. It can process intellectually. That's logic. It can process intuitively. That's beyond logic. Intuitively, you just get an answer. You don't drive it. It just comes. It's intuitive. And intellectually, you have to drive the answer. You have to figure it out. You have to logically put the steps together. Okay, Two different spaces. Now, we in the West, particularly have learned to pretty much ignore the intuition. We don't think it's very reliable. You have these different reality streams. Now, the system, larger consciousness system, if you're ready, will send you a data stream. But Mm. just to help you learn, put you in another learning space with new things. You're just like dream was such a good learning space because your intellect isn't there. You know, you, you get, you get through all your, all your training goes away and it's just who you are. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. in the out-of-body space, you have your intellect with you, but the situations that can occur are just very different. Mm-hmm. So you get a whole different set of choices when you're in about out-of-body, just like you do in the dream. And because it's a different space for learning, then you have different kinds of choices than you'd have here. So how do you get to out-of-body? Is it through meditation or it just stacks you? You know. Okay. The what? What keeps people? from from being able to do out-of-body easily is one belief. They believe that, you know, it's impossible or it's crazy or it's silly or it's difficult, at least. Uh, two, they tend to live in their intellect. When you live in your intellect, it, it uh, chases away your intuition. The mm-hmm. intuition and the intellect are sort of incompatible in a way. Now, they can mm-hmm. learn to work together, but the intellect wants to be in charge. The intellect wants to lead. It wants to be aware. It wants to know how this process works. Yep. 
So the intellect is sitting there saying, okay, let's, I'm going to go out of body now. I'm going to lie down. I'm going to get my mind and go someplace else. And the intellect's sitting up there and, and saying, okay, you're still here, though. I can tell <laughs> you're still here. Now raise that's your arm. See, see, that's a physical arm. See, you're still here. So as long as the intellect is sitting there aware, wanting to be in charge, wanting to see every step of the way, you can't go anywhere. You're stuck because you don't have an intuitive space when your intellect is in charge. So what you have to do is let that intellect go, put it off to the side and just experience. And the first experience you get, your intellect will jump in and say, Oh, is that real? You know, let's say you experience a voice. Something says, hello, Natalia. You know, I'm your great grandfather. And you go, oh, did I just make that up? So your intellect jumps in immediately and judges it. Is it real? Or did you just make it up? Well, it crashes. It's gone now because the intellect jumped in. Mm -hmm. So you have to put yourself in a frame of mind where you can just have experience without judging it, without assessing it, without evaluating it. Just have the experience. Now, if you have those kinds of experiences for three months, now it's time to go get your intellect, get it back in the game and say, are these experiences valuable? Am I learning anything? Are they going anywhere? And if the answer is no, well, you're not doing it right. You know, it's not helping. You have to do something else. Mm -hmm. So you need to bring your intellect in. Otherwise, you could walk down La La Lane and convince yourself of all kinds of things that weren't true. Yep. But you can't bring your intellect in in the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you just have to experience and let it go and experience and let it go and keep doing that until you have this whole basket full of experience. Now bring your intellect in and judge the experience of whether it's useful or not, not whether it's true or not, because truth is not the point. Asking, is this true, is the wrong question. Information is defines reality what's true is this virtual reality true you know is what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, you're saying well is that true or not it's information now information can come from three sources information can come from the larger conscious system it can come from some other individuated unit of consciousness and it can come from yourself because your consciousness and you can create information mm. so the thing is you want to know that what you're getting is not coming from yourself because mm-hmm. you call that my imagination. Imagination, exactly. And you say, oh, it's just my imagination. Like, because it's your imagination, it's not real. It's some kind of inferior thing. Okay. Well, that's not true. All information is equally real. Hmm. All information is equally real. You can make choices based on that information. You can evolve and de-evolve based on the choices you make. All information is equally real. It's just information. So how do you separate these three sources of information? Could be, it has to be one of those three. It's the only three sources there are. How do you know which is which? You can never know with certainty. Mm. With experience, you can know pretty well, but never with certainty. But you can be a 99.99 because you've had a lot of experience and you know how this information comes and where it's coming from just through experience. But when you're a beginner, you don't know. You can't know with certainty at all. I see. see. So, so I know that this experience can come from meditation. This is the, I guess, Mm -hmm. one of the most uh, common pathways for letting go of intellectual mind and mm-hmm. trying to bring yourself into intuitive space so that to open yourself up to these different mm-hmm. data streams. Now, I've been doing your program that you've developed with the sound waves that help you to immerse into this uh, meditative space um, better. And um, I've been doing it. I'm really loving it, but I am still 
I'm still there, you know, I cannot cut myself from the, my, from my reality. Like I understand that I'm sitting on my floor. I understand that, you know, I'm breathing, you know, mm-hmm. although sometimes I have glimpses that are similar to what you would call a lucid dream. Like as if you are in a, in a dream, but mm-hmm. you are actually not in a dream. So I'm not sure if it's a right direction. And I guess for the listeners who also want to explore the out of body experience pass, what your advice would be how how to get there okay there's there's two basic ways to get there and one of them that is the most traditional is through meditation and basically that way is a way of discipline okay Mm -hmm. meditation is a discipline and what it teaches you is to discipline your mind discipline your consciousness the idea is to be able to sit quietly and empty your head of thoughts so that you have no thoughts, and when stray thoughts come in, you gently put them aside and go back to no thoughts, and you keep working on that until you can stay for as long as you like, you know, an hour, two hours with no thoughts in Mm. your mind. No thoughts ever come through. You just sit there with no thoughts. That is practicing mental discipline. And if you can do that, then when you're sitting there with no thoughts, it's rather easy to Open yourself up to a different data stream because you have learned the discipline for your intellect to sit down and be quiet. Now your intuition can go play. Your intuition can go off and do something. If you have enough discipline, your intellect won't immediately jump in and say, oh, what am I doing? Is this real? You see, that ruins it. Mm -hmm. But that happens if you don't have good discipline. So learning the discipline of meditation is just basically to help you keep the intellect sitting down, being quiet, letting you have an experience so -hmm. that every experience you get, you don't immediately judge it and, and analyze it. The particularly the silly is it real question. Yeah. Of course it's real. It's information. You're getting information. What you don't know is what's the source. It could be you. But the thing is, you have to have the mindset that says it doesn't matter what the source is. I'm just going to follow this information and engage it. It's important. Engage everything. So you're sitting there and you see something silly. You know, you see a big pink rabbit, you know, leaning up against the, you know, an eight foot tall daisy. And it sounds like, it seems like it may, did I see that in a cartoon someplace? Uh, And if you just dismiss it, well, that's just junk. Mm -hmm. We'll see. You've missed the opportunity. You need to engage it. You need to connect with it. Talk to it. Become the rabbit. Become the flower. What is it like Mm. to be a big pink rabbit leaning against a flower? You have to engage everything because the system will give that to you. It's like bait on a hook. And Mm. if you are not disciplined enough, to engage it without your intellect jumping in, then you're not ready. But if you, if you are ready and you do engage it just to have an experience, right? An experience with, with no expectation, even if it's a silly experience, it doesn't matter. Just have an experience. And then you have to practice with just engaging and having experiences to the point that you can judge them later but not initially, but your intellect wants to judge it initially. That's why you need the meditation to discipline your mind. Now Mm -hmm. that's one path. That's the traditional path. Okay. The other path is something very new and it's a technology that I just put out a year ago. It was just before Christmas last year and it's called Tom's park. And what Mm -hmm. it does is it, it gets rid of this problem that people have going out of body because they have this, there's this sudden change. It's like, I'm here and now I'm not here. I'm there. So there's this dividing line, you know, here's over on this side and there's on that side. And crossing that dividing line is very difficult because people can't do it without their intellect getting engaged in that process. They just can't do it. It's the same reason some people have trouble falling asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, 
when you fall asleep, you have to let go of here yeah, and just disappear. And if you keep clinging to that here and your mind keeps racing around, then you can't go to sleep. Yep. So this is like that, except you're not sleeping. You're still awake. You just need to let go of here. So what Tom Park is? Is it like yeah. a simulation? Tom's Park is a is a no. It's not a simulation. It's the it takes it's another thing altogether different than meditation. What it does is it uses your imagination. Your imagination is one of the three ways that you can create, you know, get information, one of the three sources of information. When you imagine something, and if you get involved, if you get connected and engaged in what you're imagining to the point that that imagined thing just kind of takes on a life of its own, let's say you start off imagining that you're talking to someone, maybe you're, you know, Uncle, Uncle George or somebody who's dead maybe now, and you yeah. just imagine you're talking to them. If you can get into that conversation to the point that you're no longer intellectually playing all sides, you know, I say this, now Uncle Fred says that. I didn't say Uncle Fred, just changed his name. But anyway, Uncle Fred <laughs> says that, and then you say this, you know, your, your intellect's playing both sides. But if you can just get into the conversation and let Uncle Fred say whatever he does. In other words, you imagine to the point that what you're imagining just takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. If you do that, then basically the larger consciousness system can come into that, whatever it is you're imagining, and start sending you a data stream that is exactly what it is that you're imagining, and mm. you can't tell the difference. In other words, there is, no, there is no transition. It's not like you're here or there. You can be... 80% in your imagination and 20% getting a part of a data stream or mm-hmm. just the opposite, 80% getting a data in a data stream. You don't know. There's no way for you to tell because mm-hmm. the system can send you data that mirrors what it is that you were imagining exactly. So what happens is you have to get engaged with your imagination. And if you do it in Tom's Park, I've got to deal with a larger conscious system that it will come and send you a data stream <laughs> and it will let you, you know, so you, all you have to do is get engaged such that the imagination is just running off on its own so and it- you will be out of body. Now, once you're out of body, there's lots of things in Tom's part to do that will help you do anything paranormal that you want, like the out of body hook you to a data stream that's in another world rather than this daydream uh, mm-hmm. hook you uh, into a data stream where you get this kinds of information where you're available to get data out of the database. There's database up available. That's part of the consciousness system. And but, uh, all of these, all of these things become available to you because I've got things in Tom's park that help you do this, that help you teleport to where you want to teleport to that help you uh, remote view that help you get health data on yourself or on others. So I have different kinds of technology built into Tom's Park to help you do all the paranormal things and to help you have a good time. Plus, I have a lot of physical things to do there, like any park. You know, you can swim, you can lie on the beach, you can have recreation centers, you have places to walk and hike. There's lots of things you can do there, uh, inter- interface with the, with the critters, all the horses and all the animals talk. You can, inter- you can interact there with the physical things. In order to get engaged, all your senses, there's things to smell, things to taste, food to eat. There's restaurants there. Um, there's a lot of people there. You can build relationships. So there's, there's, uh, lots to do to get you engaged. And once you get engaged, you just drift off into another reality frame. And so how does it work? Is it a virtual <laughs> reality, like a game? Where, where how 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 does it happen? Uh, I call it a virtual a virtual imaginality. Okay, <laughs> so it's virtual like a game on the It's like a game on the computer, but there's no particular. There's no particular. Um, there's lots of things to do, but there's no no way to win or lose mm-hmm. at the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got nothing like to that. To be rather than yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a being thing. Mm-hmm. But if you read about it, it's a little thin book. It's only about 60 pages. 
And uh, it's called Tom's Park. You can get it wherever you buy books. You can get it from Amazon or, or whatever. But it's um, it's a little expensive, but it's not just a book. You know, it's not a book to read. It's basically a training course. Mm-hmm. And it's an iterative training. If you go to Tom's Park 10 or 20 times, it'll get easier and easier and easier. And pretty soon, you will be able to shift into another reality frame just because you want to. It'll mm-hmm. be simple. So you start training rather than train through the discipline method of meditation. You're training through an imagination method Mm -hmm. and it works very well. And the reason I created it was because in the courses I give that teach how to do paranormal things, maybe that's the course you were taking. I teach about uh, mind-to-mind communications and getting data out of databases and all that different stuff. In those courses, there's always a set of people who are very left brain, very logical oriented people who just can't get there because they can't get their intellect to sit down and be quiet. So I made this other path that these people who have trouble can go and they also have trouble with their imagination. But but imagination is something you can build. It just takes some practice. So you may have to go through it 10 or 15 times or so Playing in the park, there's lots of things to do there. If you want to play volleyball, well, there's always a bunch of staff will come out and fill up all the other positions. So you can play volleyball if you want. If you want to go dancing, you know, there's partners and music and things to dance. There's just lots of things to do there that are engaging. And eventually you learn to let your imagination run wild. You just go there, you start something, you get on your jet ski and start driving through the, there's a course there that, for the jet ski and you just let your imagination run as it does. And then you can go up to the very special places that are in the lodge uh, travel agency that takes you on trips. You want to go to a, sp- a spaceship, mm-hmm. you want to wow. beam up to, a, to see an ET, you know, you can beam up to see an ET, you know, you want to uh, go backwards or forwards in time. You can do that. So there's a lot of stuff there that you can, that you can do and you'll find mm-hmm. out what all this stuff is by reading the book. So it's really a training course for developing your intuitive side. And what's good about developing your intuitive side is that, you know, we spend our lives developing our intellects. That's what Mm -hmm. we're doing when we start kindergarten. We start memorizing things and we start developing our intellects, but we don't spend any time developing our intuition. So our intuition is ratty just because we never develop it. But when you do take the time to develop your intuition, you find out that it is just as accurate and just as reliable. And I say that just because otherwise people wouldn't believe me. Just as accurate and just as reliable as your intellect. But the fact is, it's more accurate and more reliable than your intellect. Mm-hmm. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's a very reliable something you can depend on. When you don't develop it, it's ratty and hit and miss and, you know, because you, you're mixing your intellect with your intuition and it all gets mixed up and you're just guessing. Your intellect's mm-hmm. guessing. It's yeah. not really your intuition at all. It's your intellect guessing. <clears throat> but that, that intuitive space is a space that's really not that hard to get into. For instance, you read a really interesting book, you drop the data stream. That defines this reality. And you pick up a new data stream as defined by the text in your book. True. You're or not a movie. Paying, yeah, or a movie. You're not paying attention to what's around you. All the things going around you, the other people, the other things, the you know, the noises, you don't pay any attention to that. You're reading a really good book. People can be walking back and forth, you know, behind you, and you don't know they're there. You're absorbed. So what you've done is let go of this data stream, but you've picked up the data stream defined by the book. Now, so see, it's not hard when you, uh, an intuitive thing, um, when you touch type, you type on a keyboard, you learn, you don't say, oh, here's the T key, all right, now where's the other one? You don't hunt and peck. Your fingers just know where to go. How do they know where to go? Well, it's because you've now been able to type through the intuitive space, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not that hard. You don't have to meditate before you type. Oh, let me get into a good meditation state so I can type, you know, and so my fingers will know where to go. What do you do? You just shift. 
You immediately mm-hmm. shift into that intuitive space and it's very natural. Well, going out of body eventually gets just like that. We will continue our conversation with Tom Campbell in the next episode. Stay tuned and thanks for listening.